Hello and welcome to Highland Football Weekly with me, Ian Ald. No podcast last week, but we're back with another episode this week. And on the podcast, a man who's starred for Tranmere Rovers and Carlisle down south before joining Ross County in 2015. He played over 100 times for the Staggies, scoring 29 goals in the process, signed by Jim McIntyre. A real live wire in the penalty box. And I'm sure you'll enjoy this one. Craig Caron talks openly about his career so far in football because he's currently playing in Wales. But he talks about his three years at Ross County and also his difficulties off the park as well. Suffered a concussion as well, which uh, really hampered uh, a season or two uh, with the Staggies. So sit back and enjoy the next hour in the company of Craig Curran. Okay, delighted to welcome on to Highland Football Weekly now a man who scored plenty of goals in his time at Ross County. Uh, welcome on to the podcast, Craig Curran. Craig, how are you doing? I'm all good, my mate. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm very well, mate. I'm very well. Uh, you're down in Liverpool at the moment. Um, no doubt we were talking just a wee bit off here um, about your time at Ross County, but uh, the Highlands, st- still a special place in your heart? Yeah, absolutely, mate. Always will be. A lot of people don't know this, but we used to we used to go on holiday in the Highlands anyway. Okay. New year from when I was about fourteen, so it was strange. I ended up actually um, living there. Uh, my family still continued that and still do to this day. So yeah, we we know them. We know the Highlands very well, mate. I, I think it was like I think Stuart Stuart Kettlewell told me that he used to do that. He used to go up and uh, and and visit the Highlands um, before he. You know, knew about Ross County and joined Ross County, etc. So, so where about was your your family holiday that used to uh, come up with the in the Highlands? All round the place, basically around Bewley that sticks out. Yeah, yeah, it's a very very snowy area, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We get caught there a few times, and they going off the road in the car a couple of times. Um, off towards like the Loch Ness, and in in and around the really up Fort William, we went we went there as well, which is a little bit. So it's a left of field, but all over the yeah. place, spanning across, well, you know, 15, 15 years, we must have been doing that. So, yeah. We'll, we'll obviously touch on it um, when you make your move to Ross County, but no doubt, well, yeah, I mean, I'll take away one of the questions now, because when you when you join Ross County from Nuneaton, many people, especially from down south coming up, first of all, look at where it is on the map, but you had that insider knowledge, so you... You knew all about the Highlands before, uh, before long before you pulled in a Ross County jersey. Yeah, I did, my mate. I did. So it made it move, made the move easier. Made it, easy. and, and we had a good set of lads as well. To be fair, mm-hmm. we had a great set that always helped. I think the I think the key with that is you can't really travel, can you? You know, even if you live in Aberdeen in Glasgow, it's not something you go up and up and down the road all the time. And even after the Saturday games, you know, a lot of the lads stayed, and and you get that sort of bond. And probably why the two clubs do really well. Mm-hmm. You look at you know we look at our couple of years when we were up there and Inverness's a couple of years before that. It's always that success. I think it comes down to that sort of togetherness, definitely. Plus, uh, people like coming up and playing in the cold up there. <laughs> that helps well, as well. Do you know what? There's actually a nice connection between uh, Liverpool um, and and the Highlands. You know, over the the last couple of years in terms of football, anyway. Um, 
We've had Greg Tanzi on this podcast, Dick Caltramarco, yeah, uh, David yeah, Raven is, is from this city as well. There's probably a few others I'm missing off the top of my head, but um, and yourself as well. So there's obviously a very good connection with with that city and uh, and, and the Highlands, especially over the last couple of years. You started your career, you're born and bred Liverpool, is that right? Born and bred Liverpool, my mate, yeah. So in terms of the growing up then, um, now you obviously started your career at Tranmere Rovers. And, and Tranmere, I always feel sorry for Tranmere because they're the, well, they're the third club in the in the city, if you like. But uh, growing up, were you a, were a blue or a red or indeed a Tranmere fan? No, I was a blue, so all, okay. all my family were red by me, uh, which is a bit strange, isn't it? But yeah, I had, I had one cousin. He was the eldest lad, you know, you, as you do, following them around and, and they were blues. So I sort of got roped into that. Was always at the the lower gladdest all the time, and and yeah, the red, the rest of them were reds. See, I like that because I'm. Well, everyone knows that listens to this anyway. I'm a Hearts fan, and in fact, I would probably say me and my younger brother, and I've got a, a really big family on my dad's side, and they're all hippies, and I love that. You know, it's always good to you know yeah. stand out, and you know, over the years, I've dished out more abuse than 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 they have. I can't maybe say the same for Liverpool Everton without having a dig there. But uh, Tranmere Rovers, you, you started your career at Tranmere Rovers, as I say. You know, they're the the, the other club in the city and a, a club with a, a massive uh, history as well. I, I was looking back on your on your time at Tranmere Rovers. Um, I love talking to people about their debuts, and it was yeah. interesting. I had to look at your debut uh, that you made for Tranmere. It was away from home. And uh, I had a quick look at the, the, the team line that day. Uh, you came on as a sub. Joe Hart was in goals for Tramway yeah. Rovers. He was on loan from Man City. Cal Tramarco, again, good friend of the podcast. He was on, uh, he played that day. Jason McAteer was on the bench. You know, quite a, yeah. a, 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 a well, quite a, a mix there of, of footballing, well-known footballing names. Uh, in terms of, you know, your own debut uh, making your start for Tranmere Rovers. Talk to us about that, getting into the Tranmere first team and, uh, and and yeah, your debut. Yeah, so I'm assuming we're, I think the debut was Bristol Bristol City away. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so I didn't actually know Joe Hart was in goal. I knew, I knew he was on loan. I remember him coming on loan, I think. Um, he'd gone from Shrewsbury to City then, I think, had he? That's right, yeah. Yeah, I'd done, yeah, and he'd come back out on loan, yeah, and he, I remember that. But we had loads of good players coming through, Carl. Carl, Carl was a couple of years older than me, obviously come through and, you know, you look at the plays they, they brought through. Aaron Creswell at West Ham, West Ham now, fullback. They always produce good players. I think that tended what to happen is a lot of the Liverpool and Everton players that just didn't quite make the grade. Mm-hmm. They tend to come, you know, into Tramir and, and loads went through. So in, in terms of, um, you know, in terms of getting that pathway into a first team, it's the perfect club. You look the setup back when we were younger. Then it was, it was brilliant. The training ground, you know, the ground was always full seven, eight, nine, ten thousand. Um, you know, the pitches and that were brilliant. We were looked after, and you got to live at home. So yeah. only twenty fifth, you know, which was which perfect. Um, so yeah, it was it was great memories. And and looking back now, I realize it's you know I'm I'm old as um really swore then getting old now. But given that, as you say there, that's I think the key thing, isn't it? When you're, when you're, you know, uh, trying to get established in the first team, is to be given the opportunity, yeah. and you were given the opportunity at a young age as well. As I say, you make your debut against Bristol City, then um, 
you play three more times in that debut season. Um, eye-catchingly, you score a hat-trick uh, right at the end of the season and you break a, a club record in the process as well. I mean, that must have been the the, the dream start for yourself, that, you know, breaking Dixie Dean's quickest hat-trick record. Um, but you've been given that chance. You've scored four goals in four games. Quite a dream start. Yeah, it was, yeah. And I can still remember them clear, clear as day. Remember the games. I actually played, we played Brighton, I think it was, at home before then. I come on and scored. And then I got win that I was getting my first start. And it'd been a good year for me. I progressed through quick from the youth team into the reserves. I scored a lot of goals and, and was always in and around the first team. I think I was on the bench for nearly most of the games that year. So to finish it off on a high was 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 crazy. You don't realise how young you are then. At, at 17, I was still a pup. Uh, but it was emotional as well. Mm-hmm. When you look back now, it's it's funny looking at it, how you sort of deal with it. And I think it's it's the the, anx- the anxiousness of, of wanting to get there that bad. Because you know anyone that that knows me, you know that a lot of me, a lot of my career was driven on hunger and, and desire more than the technical aspect. I would say, um, and at that time, you'd gone through years and you know mornings and afternoon sessions to get there, and then to to come and do it, it's yeah. like everything you dreamed of at that time. You know what I mean? And probably most players will, will say the same thing. You'll never, you'll never forget that that sort of debut, and I think you can get lost in it a little bit. As you're going and it just becomes, you know, the norm. But when you look back, really, it's what you everything you wanted to do as a kid growing up. You know, some of the places we played and teams we had, it's, um, they are special memories. Yeah, well, that's it. You've 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 dreamt of these moments, uh, and here you are. You know, as I say, you know, scoring a, a hat trick in your debut season as well. These are moments that you 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 dream about and you work hard to to go and achieve. Um, and it's just about taking it all in, but it's difficult as well as, as a as a youngster. I mean, you were a teenager uh, playing then as well, so that must have been difficult yeah. too. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, but you you just adapt. You yeah. know what I mean? You, you adapt. It's you just it's the next game, and and it's the same now. It doesn't matter who you foot. It's the next game. It's the next game. Especially, I think when you you know when you're playing for points and livelihoods, and you're playing for contracts. A lot of contracts now are one years. It's rare you get your two and three years now. You know, apart from you know, maybe the top boys, unless you've had an unbelievable season. So you don't have time to stop and think about it. You know, you do well, you you have a good game, get your three points, you Saturday night high, you get up the next Sunday and then it's bang. What are we doing now to prepare, you know, to make sure I'm in a team for the next game? Yeah. And, and you're thinking, I've got to perform on that week, so I'm not coming out the week after. And it's that continuous cycle, I think, where you can get lost in it. And then before you know it, you're old as fuck like me and you're 32 and you're like, <laughs> the 10 years I've gone. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. I think that's probably what most go through. 32 is no old. Trust me. No, I'm 30, no. 30, <laughs> nearly 36. Listen, you're a young you, pup in my you eyes. Look, you look younger than me, so I'm in <laughs> big brother. <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're the first person ever to say that to me. Um, Craig, in terms of, you know, we, we talked there about obviously your start, but <clears throat> looking back on those, you had four years at, at Tramia. You know, looking back at that time as well, you know, you're playing pretty much week in, week out, League One as well, which is a very good level too at England as well. Up against, I mean, even some of the sides there you mentioned, you mentioned, um, well, the hat-trick was against Brentford. You were up against Brighton. Of course, those clubs now are are Premier League clubs as well. You were up against Leeds in in various different situations as well. Big grounds, big, you know, big teams. 
um, and players that you know again you know good players at that level as well that must have been um, you know uh, challenging but also I'm sure a challenge that you relished in those early stages of your career yeah absolutely that's what you start for that's what you start is to play against them test yourself against them and you know go up toe to toe with them and, and, and see how far you can get you know, I think looking back, one of the things I would say looking back is there's not any regrets um, in terms of in terms of having a go. You'd obviously some things you maybe change, but you know, ultimately you end up where you end up. And I think you you get in them games to go and play against the big teams, the big boys, the big players. And you know, we come across loads of teams. I think one year we we played Leeds and they had like the likes of Beckford playing for them at the time. We yeah. went on to play for Everton. Do you know what I mean? He, yep. <laughs> He played us apart a, a couple of games, but going and playing on Ellen Road, you know, Sheffield Wednesday ground, all these it's everything you dream of, isn't it, as a young boy? And what and what you you always you always do. And you know, some people end up going and, and making it to the top and, and some people just don't quite get there. But I don't think it still changes that that feeling of playing professional football, regardless of, of where you get, you're still achieving that dream and getting there is is uh, like I said, it is special. Special, special moments, special memories. Rory Muir was the man that, that brought you into that um, setup at Tramie Rovers as well. Talk to us about about Ronnie Muir. Um, probably not well known to a lot of people up here, and, and certainly yeah. in, in this area. But again, you know, a, a, a big, big name down south. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was very old school when I was coming through. Uh, he done really well there, and he gave me my he gave me my chance. So I've got lots of thank him for for that. Um, especially coming through, he was a forward as well, um, and again always had me in and around, and and giving me debut. So, yeah, some 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 moments where he let you know as well, <laughs> you know, he, he let you know, you know, where you were at and and what you needed to be doing. But he was successful there. We missed out on playoffs. So just, I think we missed out by one game. I think one season. The season before, we definitely should have been in one of the team we had. Some of the players we had. Had a forward called Chris Greenacre at the time. He was he was top drawn. His finishing and his movements and stuff like that was brilliant. And then the the year after that, we played, I'd missed most of that year out with um I had like a stomach injury, stomach sort of illness. And we come back and played in the last game. It was against Scunthorpe. We were beating them 1-0. Um 80, 90 minutes to go into the playoffs off to Wembley, all that, all that lag. And they scored an equaliser and they they went into the playoffs instead of us by goal difference. You know, they were the, the minute margins, but he built he, he built some really good teams there. Had them had them well drilled and stuff. And probably we should have done a bit better, I think, looking back now at the players we had. But hey ho, that's that is football, isn't it? Do you know what I, I was when I was looking back at um Tramway Rovers? I mean, Tramway Rovers for me, I, I remember. Well, probably. Well, I've already shown my age, but I remember when they were John Aldridge in charge, and and yeah. they had some great. I mean, there was they were a good FA Cup team. Uh, I remember, you know, watching them and and uh, and that and, and that kind of they always caught my attention uh, via John Aldridge. And when I was doing a wee bit looking into the kind of research of Tramway Rovers, I had completely forgot <clears throat> or forgotten John Barnes had a spell as as manager of of Tramway Rovers. Now, it's interesting because John Barnes comes up a lot on this podcast or certainly the characters we spoke to because he was in charge of Celtic the night that Callie Thistle yeah. famously beat him. Um, you worked under John Barnes again. You mentioned as a blue, obviously he was a red. Uh, yeah. Talk to us about John Barnes and working under him. I know it probably didn't work out from there, but 
what was he like to work under? Because he was a, he's again an English football icon. Yeah, I mean, listen, what a legend, eh? You know yeah. what I mean? I think you know whether you're blue, red, or not. No, you can't. You can't sort of take that away from the guy. What a legend! A lovely guy as well, by the way. Yeah, really, really nice guy. Just didn't. It just didn't work. We tried to play style of football where we probably wasn't good enough to do that. If I'm honest with you, um, we tried to play out from the back. <laughs> we played. We played Leeds away. We were fucking six 0 down at half time. <laughs> I think they hit the bar two or three times. If he persisted in in playing like that, which is you know credit to him, he had his ideas, didn't he? But I just don't think we were good enough. I don't think we were good enough to, to play that that sort of certain style of football and 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 ultimately unfortunately lost his job. Um I think it was a quick spell, if I remember rightly. And yeah, then he wasn't there for long. He wasn't, no. And then he gave the job to uh, our physio, who'd been a physio for like 10 years. Les Party. Yeah, <laughs> it's a Les, yeah. Again, what a guy. What a guy, superb guy. And he, he kept the club up. Kept the club up. He was um by the way, it's pre-seasons. You never see anything like it in your life. And and it'll never be done again. I've never done anything that hard in all my life. It's pre-season, but in, incredible. Um, I don't know if you spoke to Carl about it, if he brought it up. But Carl will, Carl will have done it as well. Um, yeah, we didn't really, we, to be honest, we didn't really touch on yeah, yeah. a lot with, with Carl in the, in the it, it, Tramier. But but talk to us then, because I'm, I'm interested because... Um, for someone that's your physio to then pitch up as your manager, I mean that that's probably got you. I mean, scratching the head. I mean, I'll, I mean, some of the guys probably got the qualifications to back it up, and of course, yeah. you know, that, there's nothing to say that a physio can't become a first team manager one day. But it, there must have been a you know a wee bit of kind of going, what's what's going on here? Yeah, I think so. I think, but everyone knew what it come down to. We had the respect of the the club, didn't he? Respect of the fans, respect of the owners, and <laughs> maybe the owners just didn't want to spend any more money at that point. I don't know. But uh, but listen, he went on and kept us up. I had a, I had a very good relationship with him. But again, you know, funny guy, especially when you were a kid, he let you know. He, uh, I remember one <laughs> going off sort of subject a bit, but bringing back some memories. I remember one day, I was only about seventeen. We used to play head tennis in the. Um, in the, in the in the room by his physio room, and I had a coffee in my hand and my boots in the other hand, and it was full of the pros. And I've gone in to get Les, you have the ball for the thing. Les being Les picked up the ball, threw it right in my face. <laughs> coffee everywhere, swilled myself with coffee, absolutely <laughs> ruined me. But uh, no, he was apart from that, mate. Apart from throwing balls in my face, he was actually a nice guy. He's uh, he's all right, apart from uh, apart nearly from giving you third degree burns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, uh, just, but no, he had the respect of the club, so I think that's where it come from. Just on the John Barnes thing, there, you, you often hear, um, I suppose there's many, many managers that, that you could describe about this. Some have obviously proven people wrong, but it tends to be that the higher the level they play at, they, they sometimes struggle. And I'm not, not to suggest, I mean, he didn't work at yeah, Celtic, yeah. but when they tend to come down a few levels, it, it doesn't tend, they don't tend to buy into that. Would you go along with that with John Barnes? It just, I mean, obviously yeah. he was a nice guy, but just didn't, didn't, didn't maybe appreciate the, the level he was dropping down to. Potentially, mate, yeah, because like I said, I think, you know, we, he's used to playing absolute, you know, top level football, you know, moving the ball around, just that the way they think as well. I think that's definitely the difference between the, the, the top level players is, is the, the the brain how quick they move it you know seeing where people are 
making them instincts, instinct sorts of movements and passes and touches. And, you know, we just, like I said, we just weren't sort of good enough to get to that sort of point. And probably, you know, he wouldn't have, in his sort of repertoire of putting the ball long or maybe playing a little bit more direct, it was probably a no-go. You know, that's ultimately his philosophy yeah. and how we wanted to play. And like I said, unfortunately, it just didn't go that way. But yeah, potentially, what you're saying probably makes sense, I would say. Yeah. When, when, just when you're talking there, I don't know why, but the... um. What's that song that he did for the 1990 World Cup? Yeah. It's just going through oh, my mind. You've got to pass and move and do it at the yeah. right time. I'm just imagining that's his team talk, but probably a bit more sophisticated than that. Um, you move on from Tramia. Uh, you, you joined Carlisle United. Um, you, you're getting closer to Dingwall um, as, you, as you move up. But um, that first season you're at Carlisle, you mentioned it earlier on at Wembley. You were close to the Wembley playoffs with, with Tramia. But you, you make a Wembley final with Carlisle um, in 2011. Uh, and I'm very keen to, to, you know, to find out more. I, I was very lucky to, uh, well, fortunate one year, a couple of years ago, to get a, a complimentary tour of Wembley and did the, you know, did the dressing room tour and and, this, and, and then there's kind of sanctum a tunnel. And I mean, it just is, it's an incredible stadium. You're there with Carlisle and the Johnston Spain Trophy final 2011. Uh, you're not on, not only are you there, but you go and win the trophy, beating Brentford one 0 uh, in the final. Talk to us about that experience. Yeah, Jesus. Do you know what? Right again, you get that caught up in needing to win and perform, that it just goes so quick. Um, I, I, it's one of them things where you look back at it and, and it's vague. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. it is. I can remember different moments of it. I can remember it being a great experience, but. You get consumed by the game, I think, sometimes, and, and the need to be the one that's lifting the trophy and the need to not be the one walking away walking away from there empty-handed. You know, when you're a little bit older, you look back and you think, oh, I wish I would have enjoyed that a little bit more. And it's, you know, it's such a cliche, isn't it? I think yeah, you do that with everything in life. But I can remember it being roasting hot, scorching, and they played, uh, I think they played Southampton a year before. I went, I went there then. Southampton pummeled them about 4-1. They had players like Lambert and Lalana and that mm-hmm. playing for them. Sure, Chamberlain might have even been there at that yeah. point. Uh, so it was a key of let's not get no, let's let's not make that happen again. Uh, and I think the lad who scored, yeah, I think he was at fault for one of the goals, if I remember rightly. And as soon as we scored, it was like boom for everyone camping. And it just become it just become, yeah, just it was more about just not getting beat than actually playing the game. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just probably natural with not being used to playing in, you know, them stadiums and, and them type of sort of games, if you like, with that type of pressure on. But obviously the party after it was unbelievable. That was great. All that, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, and obviously there was a bit more, well, there was a great... Um, Obviously, it's 90,000 that the stadium can hold. I think there was 45,000, something like that there. I mean, obviously split between uh, the two different fans. But for Carlisle fans, fans of Ross County and Cali Thistle will appreciate this because of the distance they have to travel. Um, but Carlisle fans, you know, for them to, well, obviously two years in a row to go to Wembley, but to go down to London, to Wembley, yeah. and when the atmosphere just must have been intense. Yeah, it was, yeah. I- do you know what? You just brought that back. I remember outside the ground when we were driving in, 
it was nuts, you know what I mean? And, and listen, we weren't like one of the biggest clubs in the world, but it doesn't matter when you've got that hardcore sets that, you know, that love it, the club mean everything to them. And it was a great day. It was a great day out for everyone. Um, I've seen a couple of pictures, funny enough, someone sent me them a couple of weeks ago. You look back and you're like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. I can't even remember. I can't even remember that point where we were going out and lining up. Um, but yeah, I, I can't even remember the party. But after it's insane, really. Well, that's a good sign. That's a good sign. It must have yeah, been a good no, party. I know. I know. But um, but no, obviously, you know, great moments, great memories. Again, great memories. I, I as I say, I, I, I remember. Um, it must have been. In fact, it was probably two years after uh, you were at Wembley. I, I did the stadium tour thing and. What struck me is the the guy he took he, he took you out to the out of the tunnel and just the size of this place. I mean, it is an, it's immense. Um, and then he said, right, okay, you know, cl- you know, cliches for the tourists. This is where the let's go up to the up to the up the step at the Wembley steps. And and I always just thought you just go up the steps and but this you, you go up through the 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 stands through the supporters, then double back on your cell, then you go up another flight of steps, you go kind of like away into the inner sanctum of the stadium before you come back out again. But the, I mean, yeah, what a, what a, what a moment that must be up there uh, collecting a trophy at Wembley. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, I, I can't, <laughs> it sounds, it sounds crazy, but I can't actually remember the walk up, but I've got a boss faulty of us obviously lifting the cup. And again, mm. one of your boyhood dreams, isn't it? Although yeah. we wasn't quite the FA Cup. But you know, it, it doesn't matter because it's all relevant to where you are. Like I was saying before, you, you know, you 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 get as high as you can, no matter you know, with the with the tools you have, really. And going there, playing there in front of, I think it maybe even forty, fifty thousand, all your family there, and winning and going and celebrating with them after. They're the moments that you you dream of as a kid. Yeah, yeah. you know, not, not many people get to live. Mm-hmm. So you know, I wish I remembered more of it. For sure, <laughs> but it's oh, but it's true because the well in Scotland we've got the Challenge Cup. Now a lot of kind of lower league clubs will sometimes you know scoff at the Challenge Cup, but it's actually um, and, and indeed probably Cali Thistle and Ross County kind of buck the trend. They, I mean, especially Cali Thistle, they 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 go at it and they they see it as a trophy to win because it gives you know gives the players that 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 day that special day lifting a trophy, winning a medal. That's what we're all in the game for. Um, and as supporters, love to see their team win a trophy. But I think in England, with the, the, the well, I think it's called something different now, right enough. Um, but the Johnston Paint Trophy that you won, I mean, even at the Premier League level, there's not too many clubs actually go and win a trophy experience. I win at Wembley, and you were lucky enough to, to go and do that. Yeah, of course, me. Yeah, yeah. So it's a very, very, very grateful that you know I got that opportunity to do that. But worked really hard for it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of stuff that goes in behind the scenes to get into them moments. That's why I suppose looking back at it, you're thinking, Jesus, but maybe just would have enjoyed it that little bit more. But it's what keeps you on the edge as a player, I think. Yeah. I think, you know, it's 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 that it's that fight to not want to get beaten, to not to not want to lose. I found that in my career anyway. That's what gave me the edge. When I don't have that, like a different player. But then you've obviously got you know different players that they don't like to be like that. They like to be a little bit more chilled out. So you know I, I sort of accept that that's just the way I was and that's how I thrived in my career was was sort of to be like that. You know what I mean? So just the last thing on Tranmere. That's probably a silly question because you, you mentioned there you can't quite remember the after show uh, the after party. I, I take it 
it, it wasn't a bus journey back to Carlisle after the game. I, I take it you <laughs> you did go somewhere local or you did stay yeah. local. We had it also, mate. If it was back on the bus, the bus would have been off the motorway in the day. I was going to say, yeah, 100%. But uh, no, we ended up going back to the to the hotel, all the family, and that was there. And okay. yeah, it was just one of them great nights. You know, again, it's everyone's happy, aren't they? You know, yeah. everyone's happy. The players are happy. The staff are happy. The parents are happy for the sons. Or yeah. you know, it's um, they again, they're the moments you live for, aren't they? What are we doing? What are we What are we playing the game for if it's not for them? Yeah. You're absolutely right. What you're saying. Some people don't get to experience that. That's a completely different feeling than, you know, that win of a Saturday, which is still a high. Mm-hmm. But that's like a, do you know what? I look back at that when I'm older and um, and enjoy it. So, Very yeah, it's good. nice to reminisce on it, actually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, now, you were with Carlisle for a, for a short period. Um, you spent some time on loan at a couple of different clubs. You were in Ireland as well. And then, uh, well, you're at Nuneaton, and as we mentioned earlier, um, I think there's eight that's eight hours between Nuneaton and, and Dingwall, eight yeah. and a half hours uh, drive, 400-odd miles, sorry, 500-odd miles, some distance. But as we already know, you, you're well familiar with the, the Highlands having uh, been up here on holiday. How did the, the move to Ross County came up, uh, come about? Because you, you're with Nuneaton for part of the season, uh, and then halfway through that season, uh, you make the move to County. Yeah, so so I was actually, if I remember the timeline right, I was playing in Ireland, mm-hmm. um, and I got offered a two-year deal to play for a club called Sligo under uh, Ian Barraclough. They were in Europe at the time. Okay. I'd, I'd made my decision at that point that if I don't come back now and try and um, try and get um, playing in England, it's you know I'm going to leave it too late. I'll be playing in Ireland for for sort of. The rest of my career, which is no disrespect to Ireland, but I wanted to get back and, and have another go. Yeah. Um, and I think I come I come back at that point, and I'm sure I went in on trial somewhere. I, I turned down the deal to go in on trial somewhere. Um and and yeah, the manager sort of let me down massively, shall I say. Without, was this without, in Scotland or was it in England? Oh, this was in England, this right, yeah. Okay. This is this was in England, yeah, he, he, yeah. Without going into too much depth, he did do, and it was at that point I was struggling bad with my body, so I was thinking that had happened. That was my body, and I was thinking, do you know what? I maybe I maybe need to start thinking about stuff after football now. What you know what I'm gonna yeah. do? So I've got a, a chemical waste business with me with me dad, and he grew that really well. So I was like, do you know what? I'll, I'll look at the transition and see where I'm at. And it was at that time, no eating popped up and was like, look. Sort of a, a sort of a pay as you play type deal. Mm-hmm. Say once a night, play Saturdays. I was thinking, you know, it will suit me body, but it just doesn't work like that. You know, I dropped out of training. I started putting weight on. It just, it just, it just didn't. It just wasn't feeling right. Uh, and I got a call at the time to come and play up. It was um, Stuart Taylor, who's just that, mm-hmm. Ross County. He was my manager in Ireland. Okay. He said, he said get yourself. Get yourself together. Give yourself a month or so. Get yourself fit. He said, and I'll I'll sort you a trial out in Ross County for, for the thing. So I made this decision. I was like, do you know what? I've come this far. I've put so much into it. Let's see if I can try and fix me, me body problems. Come back, get fit, sort me head out and have another go. And I did. And I um I went up. I remember going up with um, 
gym in, in Billy it was at the time. And I was still a little bit, I still weren't quite right. I was always known for being really fit. I wasn't quite there, partly because I on my body, but partly because I hadn't looked after myself either, to be honest with you, well enough in that period of time where I'd had it out. Uh, anyway, I trained with them for a couple of days and I remember them pulling me in. We had, um, we, they pulled me in after training a couple of days and I thought I'd done well. And he said to me, um, he said, look, he said, I just, I don't think you're better than what we've got. So I put me back up a little bit and I was like, well, I said, I fucking do think I'm better than what you've got. It's like, I'll show you then. So anyway, I'd went away. They told me I weren't fit enough. So I'd left and I'd gone back to the hotel and I was speaking to, um, he's a real good friend of mine now. His name's Paul Hamill. He's, he's like a, a performance coach. Some would call him sort of psychologist that I've been working with for, for, for a while. I'd built up relationship with him. I was like, oh, do you know what? That's not going to work here. They've already told me. And he's like, what? he's like, I'll just leave it. And he's like, what do you mean? Just leave. You've come all this way. You've done that. I said, no, he said, you pick yourself up. You're going to go again tomorrow. So we had a good chat. And that next day, got up six o'clock. I was at the training before then. It was fucking pitch black. I remember being pitch black. And he turned up, Dodgy and, and the gaffer it was at the time. I don't even know if he remember this. And, um, and I said, right, all right. If I'm not fit, I'll get fit. I said, where's your sports coach? And he just started laughing at me. And then I played the game. I went in, done some fitness training and played the game that day. And he signed me after that. And then off I went on my journey. So, yeah, it's quite an, yeah, quite an interesting story, really. Do you um, think that they've they've said, they've obviously made, maybe have they made their mind up and just wanted to see reaction? Did they see what you, or do they, you know? I don't know. I don't know. I've never asked them, to be honest with you. And I've got a good relationship with both of them. I still speak mm-hmm. to both of them. Um, I don't know. I'm not too sure, to be honest with you, but, you know, it's probably credit to, to Paul as well, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, he's been with, he's been through a, a whole heat with me as well. Real good guy, real good guy, and, and probably the best I've ever come across by a mile in that space. Works with a lot of top athletes now, a lot of elite elite athletes. But, um, but no, I think they've probably seen as well at that point that I was hungry. And I think the position we were in in, in the league is... They probably realised, you know, they might have not got the type of player in that they they needed, and so they needed people to go to war for them, really. And that's what we had then. Them six months was them type of players. Yeah, because County know, County weren't having a great time um, no. just before you you came in, and and I know Jim and Billy were trying to to turn things around, and <clears throat> had just taken over from Derek Adams. So you, you sign, or you officially. Um, Signed for the January 2015, scoring your debut as well uh, against yeah, Dundee. Against, yeah, against, we'll come on to yeah. Dundee later on, but yeah, I mean that. Well, I, I suppose great feeling for yourself scoring your debut in front of new supporters, new players, etc. But there's obviously probably that satisfaction for yourself scoring, but also Jim and Billy kind of going, okay, right, we've made a we've made a good move here. Yeah, I think so. I think when you look back at it now, I was fighting for my career we were fighting to stay in the league and a lot of boys were fighting for theirs as well. Mm-hmm. You look back at, you know, Martin Woods, heck of a player, real good friend of mine and he'd been out injured for a couple of years. Paul Quinn was was fantastic for them. He'd had a bit of a tough time and it, it all it all happened that we were all coming into, you know, we were fighting for a lot of stuff. Do you know what I mean? We yeah. to pay for bills as well. Yep. So I think it just, it just worked and then we had like some, we had like uh, Jackson Irvine at the time he was obviously coming into his own at that point, Marcus Fraser. He's at St. Mirren now. <laughs> great boy, great player. So we had that real good knit and I think it just clicked. And then we we obviously went on 
on that sort of incredible run um, and, and stayed up. So you obviously came in in the January and, and you've obviously been training with the, the guys beforehand. Um, did you have any, I mean, we, we know that you kind of knew the area, but in terms of the, the club itself, did you have any any doubts about, you know, coming up to, to sign for Ross County um, or, you know, were your uh, maybe perceptions kind of su- be surprised? That, that you mentioned a couple of players there. I mean, they're, I mean, well, Liam Boyce was here, um, Jackson Irvin, you know, some some cracking players there as well. So perhaps, I don't know, I mean, were you surprised at the, at the kind of quality that was there and, and the kind of surroundings of the club? Um, do you know, when obviously he called and we were, you know, it's the Scottish Prem, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? I'd, I'd gone from, from at the time, I'm thinking of transitioning out to, look, may got you a, a chance here to go and play in the Scottish Prem. Yeah. Straight away, yeah. it was that fire lit again. You know what I mean? To go and do it. So when when I come up to play, obviously in Boise as well, we're a player and, and again we're a guy years as well. Can't believe I missed him out there. One of the probably one of if not the best I've played with, and one of the best humans I've met. But no, I think when you come up, you that you that concentrated on getting it right for for sort of myself. What you don't think about it then. Do you know what I mean? It was like when I was saying before, it's like, what have I got to do to make sure we win this game? Yeah. What have I got to do? What have I got to do to be better? How have I got to get fitter? And it was just, it was that sort of relentlessness to, to, to make it happen, really. So don't stop and think about it. When I look back now or after the season, then I knew straight away and I was like, why are some of these really good players, by the way? Yeah. Have we ended up in this position? Do you know what I mean? You do look back at them, but in that moment, it was just, what am I doing to get better and make sure we stay up and win these games? And, and it just rolled like that for, you know, a couple of months. And before I knew it, I'd signed a, a two-year deal and we'd stayed up and, you know, within the space of six months, I'd turned my career around. Yeah. So, yeah. And you and you score some goals as well, which is important for, you know, yourself yeah, as a yeah, forward yeah, to, yeah, you know, yeah, to yeah. that that obviously helps with with confidence as well. I'm interested to find out, I mean, obviously, you, you well, it, it is some journey there that season because you're playing... Um, I can't remember the name of the league. It's conference, is it? It's it something was the different, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was the um, conference with with Nuneaton and then obviously from to the Scottish Premiership with uh, with Ross County. There, that year was a very strange year because there was no Hibs, Hearts, Rangers, but still you've got the Tadri, Tanadice, Celtic Park, um, the quality of opposition as well. Virgil Van Dyke was strutting his stuff for Celtic at centre-half that season as well. So, you know, that must have been, again, you know, um, I suppose a little bit of an eye-opener when you see where Virgil van Dijk has got to there that you're playing up against him. But also a challenge, I'm sure, that you you would have relished as well coming up against a a kind of step-up and defenders, if you like. Yeah, Jesus, what a player he was. A monster as well. Big tree trunk legs he had. Big, huge thing. Maybe some of them I remember playing against them. I tell people this story. I remember we, we played against them. Um, I think it was a, a way, and we used to play, you know, as most teams do at Celtic Park. We used to play five, four, five, one, but we were basically a one ten, you know, with just a big liner. People say you won't pass, but no, we we were playing away. We were like, right, get center off, get them down that way, Craig, and you know, just chase them down, run around, do what you need to do. Remember showing them one way, coming inside and I'm thinking, I'm going to nick it here. I've got a fucking chance of nipping in here. Absolutely. He just had his arm there and he just carried me on his arm <laughs> with the ball into the box. Carry him in, just chopped in. Just just unbelievable 
athlete, you know, and, and obviously brain as well. You can see him now in the Prem. You know, we absolutely, worldwide, even on the Champions League stage, he looks he looks like he's in second gear, doesn't he, all the time? Yeah, he's just, he's, yeah, he's strolling, isn't he? I mean, but that's yeah, the talent. I, I mean, I, I personally, I was I was working for Cali Thistle um, during that season and obviously, you know, part of the Cali Thistle journey that season, beating Celtic in the in the semi-finals and the way in the Scottish Cup final. And when, when you look back on it and <clears throat> when you now you see where Vir, Virgil van Dijk is, you know, I mean, Marley Watkins, uh, you know, uh, tore up yeah, shreds yeah. in that semi-final. But at the same time, you know, um, Jason Denier was there uh, alongside him. There was a lot of big, uh, big players playing for Celtic. Um, now, as you mentioned there, you, you've got that two-year contract um, and you, you prove you worth to, to Jim and Billy. Um, and then you kind of kick on from there. Um, that second season, though, is, a, is, a, is an interesting one. and um, It's a great season for Ross County, but perhaps not personally for yourself. Now, from the start of the season up until the midway point, you're flying in terms of you know goals, appearances, etc. Yeah. Um, very early in the season, um, you, you, you have a head knock. Is it Kamarnik yeah. away very early in the season and you come off with uh, with concussion? Um, yeah. And that obviously kind of kickstarts a very frustrating period for yourself, health-wise, and also just, you know, yeah. the inability to play football. Talk to us about how, um, yeah, what happened and, and the frustrations uh, around that head injury. Yeah, so I've never, I've still never fully recovered from that. Right. I still, I still struggle with that um, fatigue, tiredness, just this, this sort of slow thinking. I've had all sorts of tests done and, and ultimately I had to make a decision. I had to stop or, or to try and do the best I can do with, with what it is. But yeah, come back that year and I was, I was took off like house on fire, was flying. Um, I think I'd scored in, in most of the games. I think I scored a good few goals, was really lean, lost a hell of a lot of weight and, and kill you away. Ball comes in and plays out of the wing and ball comes in the box and, I'm behind centre half, and I can see him. So I'm thinking, I've got my man there, and there was the right back was behind. He was in me blind sort of side, and he I don't even know even still to this day what he was doing to be honest with you. But he's just like penguin dived, big fucking fat head, and I've just butted him. And and because I've not known he's there, I didn't have my arm up, and yeah, like I said, it just it just literally knocked me. I spent spent a lot of time after that. So I had to stay on that game. I went off, got the bandage on, come back on, and I just I was all over the place. Come off, and probably played a week. I think I played a week later against Dundee United. Come off at half time. Should never have played, um, and then it set off a spiral of events. Then I was sleeping sometimes twenty hours a day. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah, I just couldn't function properly at all. Just re- real sort of dark times and. N- Obviously, it eased in, into the point where I was just having to pick myself up and, and go. And it's still like that now, some days. Mm-hmm. Some days I'll get up and I'm struggling to get out of bed. But it is what it is. You know, yeah. there is no sort of cure for it. And I had to stand still or, you know, just keep sort of plugging on with it and, and make the most of the bad days and enjoy the better days when they're there. But I don't think it'll ever fully go. And, you know, hopefully it doesn't have any any major effects when I'm older. But... It is what it is, like I said. It is what it, it is. It must have been, a, I suppose, a, a really worrying thing as well because, you know, at one stage, I mean, obviously head injuries now are, and rightly so, um, yeah. 
you know, you know, every kind of head head knock stopped. You know, head injuries are very well, they're scrutinised now to a, to a very high level. Yeah. But it must have been really worrying for you. Was there any? I mean, any ever doubts about that ending your career? Yeah, I've, you know, I still yeah all the time. You know, you still get that now, but I just think stopping just will have a, a more adverse effect to me. Mm. I think sort of mentally. So I'd rather keep going until I can't, you know, and and see where see where where it takes me. Um, but yeah, there was there was loads of times in the end. I come back. I tried to come back loads of times, and and I just didn't quite have that sharpness to play at at that level. To be honest with you, and obviously one you know sort of played a big part on when I was at the two Dundee clubs as well, to be honest with you. But um but yeah, it yeah, I did, you know, see it that there was the rugby player where he plays uh can't remember, I seen him on Sky Sports the other day and he stopped with it. And I was watching his story and things. I was like, Canelo, that was very similar to, you know, sort of what I went through and he stopped playing now. But you know, I'm managing I'm managing to hang in there um and and, and carry on playing. So yeah. Did did that? I mean, I probably you as you say, you've learned to to live with it and and get on with it. It's it's almost part of life for you now. But initially, did that impact your game? You know, in terms of going for headers, putting your putting your body in there. Did that did, was yeah, that going I, through your mind to begin with, or is that kind of just you, you pushed it to one side and just got on with it? Yeah, weirdly enough, no. In mm-hmm. terms of of the scaredness, but what it has done is affected me time and massively. And, and me energy levels, so reacting to stuff, or or like when the, the ball comes to you, not thinking quick enough, everything's like you're in sludge, it's weird, and that's never gone, that's that's still there now, but you just adapt, and, yeah. and I've learned to try and manage it a little bit in terms of probably playing a little bit different to what I used to play, in terms of still energetic, but not, you know, I'll know when to, to not do too much now, and the head and sides never really, never really, excuse me, never really fussed me. But from that point of view, from that thinking point of view, and 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 the energy levels, it'll I'll never be the same from that point of view for sure. But but I know that I've, I've sort of accepted that now. It is what it is. That that half of the season that you miss um, was that all to do with the, the head injury um, from yeah. I think the January. I mean that must have been very frustrating because obviously Ross County went on and won. Uh, the League Cup final, I'm yeah. sure you know you would have yeah. played a, a big part in that in that game, um, but at the same time, you know, as a ma- as a manager, Jim must have been thinking. Well, I'm not sure, you know, without speaking to Jim about yeah. this, but he's probably thinking oh, I, might, I might get away with playing him, you know, today. But yeah, you know, obviously you have to, it's protocol. You have to, you know, respect that decision and 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 the, and the science behind it. But it must have been so frustrating for you, but also for. You know, Jim as well. I mean, if, if you've got a broken leg, you can't play. And, yeah, he's, you know, yeah. it's just a, a, di- a yeah. very difficult thing for everyone and concerned. Yeah, I mean, listen, the, 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 they were they were great with me. Mm-hmm. So I, I actually did come back and I played against Inverness in the semis when we beat them away to go to the final. Oh, sorry, yeah. quarters to go to the yeah. semis. Michael Gardner um, with a double that night, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. But I just went right. I went right, and the problem you've got is I've had all the tests and all the scans. I've had the CT scans, and everyone's telling me they can't see nothing. So you obviously people are saying, "Well, you know, you you must be all right," and and things, and and so that's why I just don't say anything anymore to people. That's yeah. why I've just cracked on. That's why there's no point in sort of going into it with clubs and mm-hmm. sort of managers because you know that ultimately it's not their 
their jobs to, to to win games and stuff. You know what I mean? That they're not really not that not that they, not that they weren't like that at Ross County because they were. They were great with me, but I mean, moving forward from that, there's no point in sort of bringing it up because you can't see it. Like you say, yeah. with a broken leg, you can see a broken leg. But when I'm saying, listen, I, I'm struggling to get out of bed here. Mm-hmm. I can't. I'm, I'm I'm absolutely knackered in games. They're like, well, you know, you can, we can't. You know, you can't see it. So it just is what it is. But now I played in the quarters and we beat them, and then. Um and then I was just done in. I was just absolutely and I was just said to them, like we sat down and had a chat. We were away. Uh, it was before I think we played hearts away and my body was just shutting down. Um and I sat down with Dodgy and Jim and I just said, Look, I said, I, I, it, it killed me to say it, but it's you you're better off having somebody else in and around it. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm gonna end up causing more harm good and everyone's worked too hard to get there so we ended up deciding to leave me off the squad for the semis mm-hmm. and that was it was hard it was hard at the time it was heartbreaking but I knew it was the right thing for everybody else and it yeah. proved right because we went on and won it but, but for me personally it was it was like that bittersweet moment I was genuinely made up for them and anyone knows yeah. me that they'll know I'm telling the truth with that but it broke me a little bit as well at that time you know, coming away from the games and seeing it. But like you said, we, we ended up going on and we played a part in the early parts. And, and so, yeah, I was made up for, for them and my mates as well. Yeah. Um, as we say, it was a very um, special time for Ross County. And I'm sure the, sure the guys would have included you, you know, in, in, in all the celebrations, etc. cetera. Um, I want to talk to you about your, your teammates that year because we've mentioned a few uh, already uh, in passing, and it, it looked a uh, an incredible um, dressing room to be part of. A very, I mean, successful sides that go on and win trophies. There's always a um, at the very centre of that. There's a good dressing room, a group, a group yeah. of players who who, know, who understand each other, get on, and are generally a, a good team pulled together. Uh, talk to us about that dressing room because whilst there's a lot of good players in there, there's a lot of big characters as well. Yeah. How deep do you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> you tell me. Are we are we X-rated or not? Well, um, hey, listen, uh, we'll, uh, we can edit. Listen, if I told you some of the stories that one went on in that changing room, mate, you wouldn't believe me. But but it was you know it was all taken in um, it was all taken in, in the right spirit, <laughs> and uh, you know. <laughs> I'll keep them in the middle stories, uh, I'll say. We had the, the physio, Kev Bain, at the time. And it just goes to show again what type of lads were there. And we all used to hang around in his physio room. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, fucking winding them up, the usual. And he would one day, I don't even know how it started, but we um, he was doing his thing on the physio bed and we've all messing about and, you know, doing little things. And then we, it's ended up going steps too far. We ended up stripping him off and fucking taping him to the bed. I think somebody somebody broke his glasses. He was covered in foam and gel, and he couldn't see his his eyes were stinging. Uh, and we just rolled him out into the hall and left him. He couldn't get off the bed. But it was the, all that type of all that type of lava was was always going on. Um, probably too far at times. But but listen, it's as good as any of I've I've been in, and and I would argue with anyone if they said they were in any better. That's for sure, especially in especially in them first few years when we were when we were winning the games and staying up, we'd be out and all the nights out together, 
Um, if you want to be up for food on a Sunday together, we back and train on Monday and you've spent all weekend together, you've won the game, everyone's on a high and you just it just takes you on that that sort of ride, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I've seen some I've seen some things in that changing rooms that you know you wouldn't believe. I think Jackson Irvine's clothes were getting set on fire every other week. <laughs> on nights out and people have been setting his shirt on fire and stuff. Just stuff you would have believed, but all in all in it sounds bad, but all in good jest. All he's quite a fashionable guy, so I'd imagine that would have got he's quite set a... on fire. His fucking gear was terrible. So Vicky <laughs> Phenomen changes uh, he changed his shirts two or three times in one night, but but not everyone knew it was all you know, it was all within sort of our group and 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 no, everyone knew the boundaries were sort of limitless at that point, but everyone was all part of it and good fun and, you know, everyone loved it, I think. It's funny you say that because uh, I remember, well, it's about that same time, I remember Academy Street in Venice, middle of the day, and this guy with the skinniest jeans on you've ever seen in your life and like a leopard print shirt and the long hair, and he stuck out, he stood out like a sore thumb. And it was Jackson Irvin. He crossed the lights in front of me, but it was just that way that I was like, well, okay, well, Inverness, you don't really see that kind of flamboyant style uh, dress sense. It's funny you mentioned that there. It just, it just came to me as you were talking. Um, Ross County, I mean, um, yeah, there was a lot of characters in that and that and that changing room. Yeah, yeah. Um, of, maybe maybe it's probably a story to weather to think that one, but <laughs> but yeah, no, he was um, he was a great boy, and 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 you know we were all like I said, everybody got on, everybody on so well. There was never any fight, never any any sort of scraps. It's I think it was just everyone pushing, you know what I mean, and building yeah. up that bond, and that's why we had such a successful few years, you know. Uh, I think we had like was the highest finish the clubs had won mm-hmm. the you know, the trophy, the the trophy in the in the top six finish as well quite incredible yeah. um, fantastic and all that played a part I know it doesn't sound that mm-hmm. and people you know people listening all that think wow that's that's not even you know how's that got anything to do with footy but it was it played a mm-hmm. part in creating that bond and having that laugh and you know getting to know each other really well and like I said it was probably my favourite few years in football. I would say up there. Well, it's this exact same thing as you work in an office. If you enjoy going to your work and enjoy working with your colleagues, then you'll, you know, you'll, you will, you know, put in a good shift, as they say, and it's exact same yeah. in football. Um, Jim McIntyre, you've touched on Jim McIntyre there. Obviously, he's the man that brought you in at Ross County. He he leaves in, in 2017. Um, I forgot my dates right there too. Yeah, 2017, he, he leaves the club. Um, quite a, a bad start to the season. Um, in terms of your own um, relationship with Jim, I know you would hook up with him uh, later on than day in your career. Um, as I say, the man who brought you to the club got you to see Jim leave. Yeah, I think so. It wasn't a nice, wasn't a nice day. That definitely. And again, going back to what we were talking about with the lads, we had that bond with the staff as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we did do, because you when you're going through, I think when you're going through moments like we did, especially in that year where we stayed up, you know, where you're fighting for your lives, you know, it creates that that sort of bond. That it's different, do you know what I mean? So when when they did go, it, it was, I think it was only four or five games since the season. And I think we, I think we'd, we played Celtic 
we played the top the teams that finished in the top four spots that year, yeah. and we come close in some of them games. I'm sure Hibs was one of them, and they beat us, and we should have got something up the game. Aberdeen was one as well. So when you look back at it at the end of the season, you're like, you know, were they actually that bad results after yeah. what we've done? But again, that's just the way it goes, mate. That's sort of football, and it sort of sets us off on a bit of a torrid season that year. Um, yeah, Jen- a, a tough year, which saw the club um, well, have two permanent managers and one uh, yeah. caretaker, co-manager, um, co-managers even. Uh, Owen Coyle comes in, um, and, and it's very interesting. I, I personally, I've, I've listened, in fact, I was listening to a podcast this afternoon, and and, and Owen Coyle was mentioned, uh, and I've I've listened to one just recently where uh, Graham Alexander at Motherwell talks extremely highly of of Owen Coyle, um, and and from what I can gather, he sounds like a very good man manager, perhaps not tactically astute, perhaps. Um, you worked with them at Ross County. It, it didn't work out for. Owen Coyle or Ross County that season. He was only in there for a, a couple of months. What were your experiences uh, working alongside uh, Owen and, uh, and your your kind of uh, your take on how it ended there? Yeah, so yeah, but actually, I'd always got the same memory and a year off everybody else with with um, Owen Coyle at the time. We used to play, used to do volleys as a, of a Friday mate. He used to go first, no, yeah, it's Coyles bang left for volley <laughs> every time, mate. Coyles. <laughs> the funniest thing I've ever heard. But no, it just didn't it just didn't quite work out, did it? Um and it sort of happens in, in football. Um I think he, he left himself, didn't he, before the end of the season? Yeah. But yeah, it was like I said, it happens in football. Things just work out sometimes and sometimes they didn't, and that was one that just didn't quite work out for everybody. I think he's uh he's very famous for his things of iron brew and yeah, like them, head tennis Cage. and volleys. Yeah, but he did have success um, at various different clubs as well. But for whatever reason, it just didn't work out for him at mm-hmm. Ross County. Uh, Stuart Kettlewell and, and Siri Ferguson take over towards the end of that season. It's unfortunately yeah. it has an unhappy ending because the club get relegated. Um, that's your final season at, at the club as well. Um, obviously, difficult to go in a relegation as well, but. When you look back and you uh, and you analyse your your time at Ross County, how do you look back on it? Um, loved it every minute of it. Um, you know, obviously apart from the the, the relegation, which was a night, but no, Kets and Fergie come in two great guys, by the way. Mm-hmm. Two, two, two of the two of the two two really really good guys, really good coaches as well. Really really enjoyed it, and probably we were a couple of games short from them, sort of um, keeping us up. I reckon, I reckon one or two more and we, we would have been all right. Come in, done really well. Lads loved it. You know, they obviously went on and had their own success there, which is, um, you know, absolutely no surprise whatsoever. But loved it. Best, best, best years of my career, I would say. You know, my first few years coming through at Samia, but it, as I got into being an older pro, up at Ross County with the best. Even, even the lifestyle of living up there, like I said, you know, you won't get much. Um, you won't get you know many more beautiful places than up there. I would say, you know, loads happening around there and great memories. Um, I think if if Liverpool was just a little bit closer, probably would have ended up residing there. But being close to my family, it just wasn't on the agenda really. But if if it was 
you know, we're in touching distance and not, you know, nine, ten hour drive, then I'll probably still be there now, I think. Yeah, interesting to to hear your take on that because, um, as we mentioned, there's a connection with, in the last couple of years, with Scousers and in this area, Carl Tremarco is still here. Um, I think he's, you know, extremely settled in the area. I know, like, David Raven was, was really fond of the area as well, but that that lifestyle because it, it is slightly different because you're you're quite remote. But did you you know in, enjoy that that aspect of it for the time you were here? You know, obviously Inverness has its own little kind of nightlife as well. It's quite a, a small city, but still quite vibrant enough. Did you genuinely you know enjoy that experience of, of living here? Yeah, loved it. Um, I think. No, I think at being remote has got its uh, it's got its plus plus sides to it, hasn't it? Do you know mm. what I mean? You've got the beautiful lakes, you've got the mountains, you've got all sorts going on. You've got like the the beaches over on the west coast, which you'd think you're in the Maldives. Mm-hmm. You've got such a such a mix, and the remoteness didn't bother me really, to be honest with you, because there was enough going on, and you're doing, you know, you're doing your thing, you're doing your job, aren't you? So, you know, people do, you know, if you look wherever you live, you, you get up in the morning, you go to work, you come back, you might go for a bite to eat and loved it. I think, like I said, the the scenery there and, and the people as well. Yeah. Just, just really nice people. And it always was a good trip for, for people down here to come up. It was a good excuse to get away. Yeah. It's like a holiday within the UK, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, the only, the only reason I'm not still there, probably not still at the club is... Due to the fact that, you know, I owe my family are here really. Otherwise, yeah. I would have absolutely loved to have stayed. You, you move on to Dundee, and I know you, you spent one season, one half of the street, the other season on the other half of the street. Um, yeah. You're currently uh, with um, in, in Wales um, yeah. with Connors Nukies. Um, and again, uh, still enjoying your football. I mean, I know you. you well, they know the club won the, the Welsh uh, Premier League and have done for the last uh, two years. Um, you were exposed to Champions League football right at the start of the season as well. Uh, enjoying your football in Wales? Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been great. I'm in a bit of a transition period now. So I started a, I started a company about... I started my journey for the company about four years ago, believe it or not, okay. making uh, nicotine pouches. I don't know if you've come across them. Snooze, all the players take them, put them yeah. in your guns. I've got a company called Flavor Pouches. Okay. And with the with was the first UK manufacturer of the products. Right. Um, and it took me a long, long time to get it over the line, and 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 we're really going to look to push it now. So, you know, the the transition to Connor's Key and and going part time has helped that. Um, they've been great with me. I've loved it. Like I said, we've won the league two years in the run. Um, played in the Champions League. Played in in the UEFA Cup. You know, tick the hell of a lot of boxes, and in the background, you know, it's allowed me to go and build out flavour and and really push that as you know that sort of that market's just about to take off as well. So that's the direction my life's going in now. Greg, uh, really appreciate your time. Um, all the very best uh, with. I, I always, I always sound weird when I say that. You know, we look back on your career. Your career still, obviously, you're still playing football. So it's a career so far. Uh, but it sounds like, you know, you've got, obviously, other um, activities out with football as well. Uh, so all the very best in those kind of off-the-field activities and uh, and all the very best in, in Wales as well. I really appreciate your time uh, and looking back over your career so far, especially your time in the Highlands. I'm sure Ross County fans will 
uh, we'll, we'll, we'll remember Craig cutting goals plenty of them you scored in, in Navy and Blue as well really appreciate your time Craig thanks very much oh thank you for having me mate it's, uh, it's been a pleasure and I'll keep my eye out for, for for what you're doing mate hopefully it keeps growing and growing for you I'm sure it will with the with the people you're saying you've got on so thanks for having me pleasure's mine